Hello and welcome to Behind the Screams. As always, my name is Ian. This is episode number 148. And in today's show, we are talking about The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror Halloween specials one and two. But I will not be reviewing them alone. Uh, the Cackle Crew is reunited after after Tuesday. Where we are joined, first of all, by Lucy. How are you doing? I just need to start with reunited and it feels so good. I'll take, ba- take it back what I said about your singing. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a right sing-song. I know, which is, like su- which is in such a good mood. Like, your, your room seems brighter today as well. Well, that's because there's a thing called sunlight outside here, and it's an awful sunny day today. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about sunlight. <laughs> uh, we're also You've already heard her speak there. We're also joined by Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Superb. So happy to be back. I, you know what? I was actually gutted because I had so much that I wanted to say on Tuesday's episode. You know, we had like loads of interesting trivia. There were some really fun sort of facts about it and just really, really interesting stuff to talk about. So I was a bit gutted to not be there on Tuesday. So I'm happy to be back for this one tonight. Um, and I'm sure you just missed me terribly. Mm, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's fine. Okay. At least I know where I stand. Uh, we'll be having our advert, uh, posting adverts around the socials for new hosts very, very shortly at this rate. <laughs> but yeah, like I said before, we're talking uh, today about The Simpsons Halloween specials, Treehouses of Horror 1 and 2. But before we get there, uh, we will start off with the housekeeping. Uh, Lucy, hello. Oh, yes. Sorry. Uh, where can people find you on the socials? <laughs> I my own there. I hope you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Lulu underscore Pew. And I just want to say it real quick because we are now officially out of Pride Month. Thanks everyone so much for um, donating to the fundraiser that I did for mermaids or giving bits or subs, raised over 300 pounds for mermaids, which was amazing. And I had a lot of fun as well. So thank you all. But um, I will be back on Twitch soon. I'm just taking a little break. Um, So yeah, you can find me there and find me on Twitter too. Awesome. Uh, yeah, well done. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, uh, no, I meant, uh, as in, yeah, well done. Uh, Lindsay, where can we find you? I'm at how it's Lindsay underscore on all social media. Succinct and to the point as always. Yes. Uh, you can find my personal social medias uh, on Twitter at ianforest12. Twitch is at twitch.tv forward slash forest underscore 9191. As for the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Screams Behind, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok is all at Behind the Screams podcast uh we post a whole variety of things now to all of our social medias on tiktok you'll find clips from the show uh, on facebook you'll find movie trailers and news articles about the world of horror on our twitter we'll be asking trivia questions so there's all sorts of reasons to join all of our social medias um you know we don't we try to sort of mix it up a little bit between them so we're not just posting the same things to all of our social medias there is something a little bit different um about being on all of our socials so yeah go and give us a follow on there the links will be floating around in the in the chat throughout uh, the course of the episode and if you already follow us on one um feel free to just fire us a message and be like where's where's your facebook I'll, I'll i'll reply to you i'll send you the link don't worry Han. um so with that being said uh we've got a little bit of housekeeping about tuesday's episode because obviously because it was a bit on the fly lucy you didn't have access to uh the leaderboard 
and and oh. and, uh, and I, I noticed when when listening to the episode back that you two were very very intrigued about where this movie was going to land on our horror movie ratings leaderboard. And for those of you who are either new here or don't know, we keep the score of every single movie that we cover on the show. We um, we use an average of our ratings combined with the critics, that's IMDb, the Rotten Tomatoes critics and audience and Metacritic, and we average all of those out to give movies their average score. Um, so where do you guys think? Where do you guys think and where do you guys hope that Psycho is going to land? Well, if it's not in the top 10, I'm walking off. <laughs> It better be top ten. Well, let, let, I, mean, like, let, I let, think let, it's going to be top five. Let, but yeah, having more to think about it, I think it's going to be in the top three. Lindsay, but Lindsay, you brought up the fact that there's massive, massive movies that are not even in the top ten. The yeah. Exorcist, like The yeah. Exorcist, currently sits in twelfth place. It's wild. It's 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 crazy. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street, I know it's maybe not considered like the highest quality movie, but it's probably one of the most beloved movies in mm-hmm. horror. Nineteenth place. Uh, Ginger Snaps, Lucy, me and you gave that we both gave that 10s and yeah. Ginger Snaps is in 24th place and then you go down to like the other end of the list and there's massive movies down there as well like really really great movies so it's not a guarantee that it's going to be in the top 10 um, however, having said that I am very very to happy to announce that Psycho is our new number one film that yes, we have covered yes. on the show um it has finally dislodged the silence of the lambs from the top spot uh and by quite some way as well so the silence of the lambs has an average rating of 9.1 out of 10 psycho ended up with an average rating of 9.4 out of 10 so Ooh. it's that i think i i don't know if that's going to ever be beaten I think that could just be our number one. Um, Birdemic 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Friday the 13th, part three. (laughs) Um, Just to fill it out, uh, you obviously did the Rotten Tomatoes scores. So 96% from the critics, 95% from the audience. Metacritic gave it a 97 out of 100. And uh, IMDb gave it an 8.5. But that's... uh, that's very gen- that's a very generous score from IMDb. Nothing <laughs> nothing gets an 8.5 yeah. from IMDb. So yeah, 9.4 out of 10. Uh just to I'll round out the top 10 now while we're at it. So obviously now we've got Psycho in first place, Silence of the Lambs in second, but Night of the Living Dead in uh, third, Alien is in fourth, Frankenstein, the 1931 movie is in fifth. Uh, the original Halloween has been knocked down to sixth. Shaun of the Dead is in seventh. Evil Dead 2 is in eighth. Jurassic Park is in ninth. And Misery is in tenth. So that is our top ten. And that means it's the ex- hard to argue with that top ten. Yeah, that's true. And then just outside the top ten, we've got The Birds in 11th place. Above things like The Evil Dead, The Exorcist, Carrie. Uh, and then you've got The Invisible Man, Little Shop of Horrors, and on and on and on and on we go. So... It's a very impressive top 10. And the thing is, there's still so many great movies that we've not even covered yet as well on the show. Like there's still massive, massive horror movies um, because, you know, we, we, we sometimes we take detours and do, you know, like we uh, in, little indie movies and we do kid-friendly movies and we do classics and we do, you know, so there's still a few, I think the one that sort of comes to my head first that we've not done yet is things like The Shining. 
um, which is probably, mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest horror movie left that we've not covered, but there's so many massive, massive movies. We haven't done things like Jaws, um, and there's a whole host of others out there. Some of them are, are going to escape me, but we've got some big, big movies coming up. In fairness, we actually have got some big movies coming up in the next few weeks that might challenge that top 10, I think. Yeah, we do. That's true. Maybe even actually the next movie. The next movie. The next movie. I'm not sure if it's your next choice, Lucy, but you've got one coming up in the next couple of weeks that I think could break into the top 10 as well. Um, Lindsay, you've got one as well that I think, I think I actually prefer to one of the other big ones, but I don't think that everyone else preferred it. Um, I don't know if you can guess from that cryptic no. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you at the end of the show anyways so yes psycho is our new number one movie so i hope you are both happy with, with I'm that i'm very happy because it was my choice <laughs> <laughs> no competitive in the slightest no, not in the slightest not in the slightest i've okay. never said i'm not no that's true it's just uh just that this one here that said that says it almost on the daily I'm, I'm so cute i can't be competitive i'm so cute i can't be competitive but Lindsay, you're stupid and you're a cow i am the epitome of innocence and purity <laughs> fucking Lindsay's this like mic drop mic drop bitch <laughs> right with that with that being said are you ready to talk about today's uh episode choice episode topic yes Okay, so in today's show, we're talking about The Simpsons, Three Houses of Horror, one and two. Hello, everyone. You know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Kids worshiping ghosts? Ooh. Ow! 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 Who is it? Frankenstein? The Booger Man? Pretending to be devils? <laughs> it's always the one you least suspect. Oh, things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Take that, vile fiend! Ah! Uh, Dad, that's his crutch. Things like the following happen. There's nothing wrong with your television set. We are controlling the transmission. What's that, boy? We're in control? I can see my voice. Blip, 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 blip. My name is Kang. This is my sister, Kodos. Hello, space aliens. Don't eat me. I have a wife and kids. Eat them. Get your slimeless hands off her. Stop. We have reached the limits of what rectal probing can teach us. <laughs> Even worse, it's scarier. No TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! More violent. 
they snuck in some bad language, too. Holy flirting schnit. So please, tuck in your children. Instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. Um, we're gonna, it's gonna be slightly different structurally um, to how we normally go. So uh, we're gonna take this segment by segment and we'll obviously talk about the wraparound that's in each episode as well. Um, there's something that we're gonna do. I've not actually told you guys we're gonna do this. We're gonna rank, we're gonna rate each segment rather than rate the episode as a whole. Cause I feel like that's quite a difficult thing to do is rank an episode of Treehouse of Horror as a whole. So we're gonna rank each segment. So you're gonna have to give each segment a rating out of 10. But this is purely going to be our opinion on this one. There's no critic scores for these. So this is just what we think is the best and the worst of the Treehouses of Horror segments. Uh, sound okay to you guys? Aye. Awesome. Uh, so we'll start off with Treehouse of Horror number one, which was released in 1990. Uh, was the, the, the three different segments were directed by Wesley Archer, Richmore, David Silverman, and of course... The Simpsons stars Dan Castellaneta, Julie Kavner, Nancy Cartwright, Yardley Smith, Hank Azaria, and about 600 more quite incredible voice actors. Uh, the IMDb plot, the Simpsons move into a cursed house, then are abducted by aliens before Homer is ensconced in a tale by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, before we get into each of these segments, how excited were you guys to talk about this? Because I'm like so excited all day. I've been really excited for this. I love The Simpsons, but the the OG like Treehouse of Horror episodes, like the first maybe five, maybe even to ten, but the first couple are just so good and they're classics. I actually forgot how old they were, and I saw those from nineteen ninety. I was like, "This is older than me!" Like Jesus, they're older than me. And, that's and I'm the something. and I'm the old man of the show. I'm the oldest. <laughs> I'm the oldest here. So yeah, they're older than me. Uh, well, this one is anyway. I don't think the second one that we're going to be covering. I think I'm I'm younger than. I think that's younger than me by a few months. <laughs> Bastards. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Lindsay, excited to talk about this. Yeah, like w- watching them as well. Like a lot the the scenes and stuff that pops into my head about Treehouse of Horror, like really come from these two episodes, and it's like. I forgot, like, ex- I knew they were iconic, but I forgot, like, how, like, imprinted in my brain and so many other people's brains, like, these skits are going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we'll, we'll obviously get into them, and, and you mentioned sort of the first 10 seasons there, Lucy, and I don't think it's any, you know, I think it's, it's pretty widely considered that once you sort of start going beyond season 10 of The Simpsons in general, maybe a little bit later than that, because I still quite like some of the episodes in like 12 and 13 and things, but once you start, start hitting mid-teens seasons, The Simpsons really does start to drop off a cliff, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, unless you guys disagree with that. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but like, I was a massive Simpsons fan growing up. It was on almost every single day. Yep. Um, I had all at the, six o'clock at six o'clock tea. on Channel Four, just after the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Aye. Um, and then it was all. It would sometimes be on at lunchtime as well. It would be on after Robot Wars and lunchtime. Um, so there you go. But yeah, so this, and I, do, I feel like this is maybe slightly different now for to like sort of kids today. Because this was just such an iconic part of me growing up, and I'm sure for you too as well. But because The Simpsons is, is it's, it's still there, obviously, they're releasing, 
still releasing new seasons. I think they're up to season 32 now. Something wild like that, yeah. And um, but it that's that's pretty real. It doesn't have the same sort of cachet that it did that it did 20 years ago, even at the, at the turn of the millennium. And it it's like I almost feel bad for kids that didn't have good Simpsons growing up. I know obviously they could go back and watch them, but you know what I mean? Like, because this kind of molded how I behave. Like you would say quotes from the Simpsons in everyday. I still say quotes of the Simpsons in everyday life. Everything almost on the daily. Do I at some point go me fail English? That's impossible, <laughs> you know? And it, I'm sure you guys are the same to some extent as well. Like there's still certain things that pop into your head and like the way you say them or how you say them or the little quip about it. And that's from the Simpsons. That's where it originated. It's just that way, like you both say, like you would as a family sit and like watch the Simpsons while eating your tea, and mm-hmm. there's just humor in it for everybody. Like it was, it was good, like family, family viewing, and um, yeah, like those classic Simpsons episodes are still funny now. They're like almost timeless, whereas I- now they're trying to keep up with like the modern trends and stuff. So maybe not so much. Well, I don't know, like, I, I can't really remember at the time, but maybe people thought of that about it at, this, at that time as well, because obviously the trends in the mid-90s was very, very different to the trends of now. So, mm. you know, I, and obviously we're, the three of us, we were very, very young. Lucy, obviously, you're a, a few years younger than, than me and Lindsay. Um, but, you know, so I wasn't really hugely aware of the, the trends at the time. And I was just loving the antics, to be mm. quite honest with you. Yeah. But um, the highlight of the year for uh, any horror fan was always The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. And we're obviously going to be doing quite a few of these types of episodes over the coming sort of months and, 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 and maybe years. Like, who knows? We might eventually just decide to go and do the lot of them uh, and we probably will fair <laughs> like if, we're, if we if we if we go that long could we go longer than the simpsons i very much doubt it um <laughs> they'll hear in like 60 years time and the simpsons is also still here in 60 years time <laughs> ah you bastards um but yeah so like i think when we do the sort of next three or four episodes specifically you know when we do those sort of first 10 tree houses of horror i know for me personally some of my favorite simpsons moments of all time are in those episodes um here in these first couple of episodes i think they're maybe still trying to find their feet a little bit um but as you were saying Lindsay, there's so much iconic stuff in here i think one in particular is possibly one of the most iconic even though it's not particularly funny um, is possibly one of the most iconic Simpson scenes ever, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to when we get to that section. Um, anything else you want to say overall, just about the Simpsons or uh, Treehouse of Horrors in general, before we start breaking down specific episodes and segments? Well, earlier this year, I was rewatching Simpsons because obviously all of the Simpsons is now on Disney Plus, and that was the main reason I'd gotten Disney Plus at the start of the year, and. I don't know because like you said I was very young when the Simpsons came out but I feel like they didn't try and push references on you because I did I actually kept up quite a lot I haven't gone into the season 30 or (laughs) season 70 that they're gonna go on to or whatever but like the newer ones it seems like constantly they're just trying to put in pop culture references and be like we're still you know we're still fresh and we you know we still know the times and Gen Z and it just doesn't work like the humor of the Simpsons older Simpsons work still now because 
it's timeless comedy you know it's just like slapstick and ridiculous and well, just fun. I think as well is especially some of these later ones I think that there's two for me that like stand out as being the best of all time and and they're they're not in either of these two episodes but there's things like uh, the shinning which I'm sure we'll talk about in the future and nightmare on evergreen terrace and as a horror fan they're parodying timeless horror movies as well these are horror movies that for better or for worse are going to be beloved for all time uh, amongst horror fans and I think that is a big thing to do that and it's interesting you say you know bringing up pop reference pop culture references and things like that I think a lot of that has to do with the family guy effect because family guy came mm-hmm. in and that is a completely different kettle of fish to the simpsons like the simpsons generally in their episodes you know they try to teach you something there's a moral to the story it's kind of grounded I know it's got a bit like fantastical as the seasons have gone on but especially those sort of first five or six seasons it's kind of grounded like nothing happens that's too unrealistic in the the main episodes obviously in treehouse of horror they kind of they, they go with it whereas in family guy it's just like oh we thought up of a really funny joke um here's a cutaway and that's it and then there's a very sort of flimsy plot just sort of thrown in there and it works for them it works for them it's very popular whatever but i do feel like there was maybe that pressure on the writers when especially when family guy was hitting its peak because again like the simpsons when family guy sort of hit seasons what five six ish it was everywhere it was dominating pop culture okay um right uh lindsay got anything else you want to talk about the simpsons before we start breaking it down no Okay, right. We're going to be talking about uh, Treehouse of Horror episode one, or Treehouse of Horror number one, rather than episode one. Uh, So we start off this episode with Marge, and I I really love that we're going to be talking about this, because we actually talked about this just a few episodes ago in our Frankenstein episode. Marge comes out basically to give us a warning about how gruesome and scary the coming episode was, and obviously we talked about that in Frankenstein, uh, when, you know, uh, one of the stars i can't recall which one it was off the top of my head now he played the doctor uh, not frankenstein the other doctor and oh. um would, would come out and do that and we both said like how almost refreshing we found that when we were watching the movie um and marge obviously comes out you know saying oh this is too scary for your kids put your kids to bed uh, she wash she washes her hands of the episode as well just <laughs> like i wash my hands of this um did you like this intro because they did this for a few seasons after this as well. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Like, because well, we'll see as we go through the two episodes, like each of the segments is um, like a parody of a big horror franchise or work by a big like person in the horror slash gothic world. So I love that even to start off the episode, they give this little nod to one of the biggest horror films that has ever been made. Yeah, definitely. Lucy? I absolutely loved it. And I remember watching this as a kid when Marge comes out on the screen and be like, oh, this is so cool. And like, you know, when you're like a really, really little kid watching it, you're like, oh, this warning. Oh, am I brave enough to watch this? <laughs> but it's like, I think why Treehouse of Horror is so loved is because like you can tell that they are actually fans of horror themselves. And like you say, there's so many references in there to classics, not even just films but horror books as well and just horror as a genre um 
so I think yeah it's an it's a nice touch you know it's a really nice touch yeah and uh well we will reference which uh, each section is a parody of when when we get to them. I do have the list in front of me, um, so we will talk about that. So she, uh, like I say, Marge, obviously she comes out, she gives this speech. Um, we then get the intro, um, and I actually didn't remember. you. So normally on The Simpsons, when they do the intro, they change everyone's names in the credits and give them weird funky names. They didn't actually do that here, um, which I was like, oh, I didn't realize that they, I kind of just forgot and I just assumed that they did for the first one, but they didn't do that here. But they do have the, the classic gravestone uh, intro as well. I just thought some of the names on there were quite funny. You had Garfield on a grave, you had Paul McCartney on a grave. Uh, you had, I think my favorite, Disco, was on one of the graves <laughs> as well. Um, and I think that's always good for sort of cheap gag. Again, they did that for, I think, six or seven of uh, the Three Houses of Horror before sort of ditching it. Um, but basically in this one, so Bart and Lisa, they're telling each other ghost stories in the treehouse and uh, Homer's listening outside after coming back from an evening of trick-or-treating. Who knows what that evening uh, had in store for Homer? Who knows what shenanigans he was getting up to? But we start off with the first one, which is Bad Dream House. So Bad Dream House was a parody of Poltergeist and the Amityville Horror. Um, I'm actually shocked I managed to say that first time because I have real trouble saying the word Amityville. Apparently. GG, there you go So again. I did it twice, I did it twice. It was, <laughs> And I would always come up in episodes with Nico on the show. He would always bring it up just to bug me. Um, <laughs> so basically the Simpsons have moved into this, this haunted house. Um, Homer tips the moving guy uh, $1. And I can tell you, as someone who works in the service industry, uh, we, I have had people be like, oh, keep the 10p change. And I'm just like, uh, thanks. Oh, thanks, big spender. Like, <laughs> uh, like honestly, like it's like I'd ra- I'd almost rather you didn't. To be honest with you, I'd almost rather you just <laughs> didn't, because all you've succeeded in doing now is just pissing me off. <laughs> um, did you notice who the voice of uh, the the moving guy was? He does appear in all three segments. Oh, is it, is it James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones, yeah. I knew he was in the Raven. Oh, is it really? James Earl Jones uh, appears in all three segments. Oh, wow. Um, so he, uh, yeah. Um, he also appears in an episode, a later season. I can't remember which episode it is. I think he has like one line in an episode later season. Apparently he got quite expensive <laughs> a little bit later on. Um, quite right. Quite right too. No, you're worse. Quite right too. Fucking Mufasa and Darth Vader, like fill your boots, son. Um, Get that coin. uh, So I love like this segment for me. Probably has like a couple of my my favorite sort of quick lines, like really quick things that are over. Um, Things like you know the house set. The house has a voice as well. The house says "get out," and I love the fact that Homer just replied, "Ah, oh, it's probably just the house settling." <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so much because, like, there is that way when you're in an old house and they're like, "Oh, it's just the pipes." It's like, is it just the pipes? Is it? <laughs> like, they talk about like the house, like, all settling in. Like, I've heard that before, and I'm like. <laughs> this episode just made me realize like what a stupid phrase it is well at least we know it's not just us then it's everyone around the world um i think another thing that i like i'm jumping forward just a little bit bart's getting strangled 
by like the house by the house using i think it's like a lamp cord and homer yeah. just comes in and is like let's see you talk your way out of this one and it's like he's clearly being strangled by some sort of <laughs> it's just the sheer absurdity of it um yeah and then so as we go on we find out like the kitchen walls are bleeding as well and marge it just thinks it just needs redecorated. But well, it needs a woman's touch. <laughs> the walls are leaking. <laughs> it's just insanity. I think, I think, you know, for Treehouse of Horror to be the success that it has been and to be so popular and iconic, it really did need to start off with the banger. And oh, yeah. I'm going to have probably some criticisms of a couple of the segments as we go through today. Because I think every season obviously has a strong segment and a weaker segment. And, and you know, there has to be. Um, and I think this is a very strong segment to kick things off. I'm glad they didn't start with The Raven, for example, because I think The Raven would have been the wrong one to kick us off with. Mm. Yeah, because you want to start it on a funnier note. Not I love The Raven, but it's not like haha ha, funny um yeah i also i love the bit as well when bart is asking the house to bleed again the house is like <laughs> no i ain't doing that <laughs> Go on. i'm not a performing monkey i'm not your servant bitch <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah they they the kitchen walls are bleeding there's a portal to another dimension just floating around in the kitchen homer's just taking great joy and i think is it, is it an orange he throws in yeah. yeah and then they get a note back just being like please stop dumping your garbage in our dimension <laughs> <laughs> i wonder who it was i wonder who was on the other end i, I bet know. i bet it was mo mm. don't know don't know why i'm just uh just just saying um marge wants to leave and i like how homer just manages to convince her to just sleep on it like no get me the fuck out of this house <laughs> i know like Oh, just to try and save a quick buck as well. Um, so eventually, I, mean, I love a bargain. I would have stayed. It's a haunted house. I would have stayed just for that. I'd be fun. I don't know. The ghosts, the ghosts don't want you there. Like, I don't know. I don't fuck with that shit. Oh uh, well, yes, <laughs> you're, you're. Well, that's the thing. You're, you're much more sort of spiritual and and than I am. Like, I'm not. True. Um, I'm not particularly high, so I'd, I'd be quite happy to sit there and piss off the poltergeist. You could deal with it for me. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a there's a good exorcist reference uh, here. The house like convinces all of them to to kill each other, and Maggie's head does a three sixty spin, yeah. um, which I thought was a really good nod to to Reagan in The Exorcist as well when when she does the same. Um, and I like I, and Maggie Maggie's like. It's like such a big personality for a character that doesn't say anything as well. Like the, the face she has when like she's got the wee the little like switchblade in her mouth as she's like crawling along. It's very cute, but you know that it's amazing how much they can get that character to say without actually saying anything at all. Um, Marge uh, isn't sort of under the the spell of the house and manages to get everyone to stop a uh, stop trying to kill each other. Homer makes a very angry call at this point to the realtor, or the real estate agent. He's like pretty much claiming that they didn't know. And then it turns out that he told Homer about the, the, 
the the ancient burial ground that the house has been built on five or six times and homer just wasn't paying attention I, i'm assuming homer heard uh the the price and was just completely that was it for him yeah no like when you've seen that part it's like of course it wasn't listening like that is just typical homer i just love how angry he is though on the phone because he's like really really angry um and then that's just like gone almost instantly just because it was actually his fault all along yeah which is a very common theme in the Simpsons. epitome of selective hearing yes i I, you know what i'm quite bad for selective hearing you don't say (laughs) sorry what (laughs) (laughs) um i love the fact at this point as well like the simpsons just start getting really sassy with the house (laughs) like at this point i don't know why like the fear seemed the fear of the family is gone at this point because up until now they've all been terrified of this haunted house but as soon as they as soon as this point happens, they all start just like chatting back to it. Like um, Marge tells the house to show some manner. <laughs> that was so funny. Because again, it's like such a typical Marge thing to say. Like she's not upset that it's like tried to kill her children or anything like that. It's she doesn't like the way the house is spoken to the family. <laughs> and it's it's like later on, I can't remember what it is she asked her, but she's like, oh, could you do this? please <laughs> she's like still remembering her sort of her p's and q's and you know she's obviously brought up to be uh to be very proper and very and very polite um they eventually try and like rationalize with the house and be like look we're not going anywhere so you might as well just uh i think that's my favorite joke of the whole episode you might as well just suck it up because you're having to live with us and the house then takes a second to contemplate living with the simpsons and then just destroys itself <laughs> which i think is hilarious i you can't argue with petty like yeah and i love that that is my level of pay 100 <laughs> percent. and you guys like you guys both know that that's true yeah. i can confirm so like that is absolutely my level of pay, um, and that's it. That's it for that first segment. That's it for um, uh, the name. It's just escaping bad dream house. So overall, what did you? I've obviously kind of alluded to my thoughts about it. What do you guys think of this one? Um, a, a strong opening. Um, is it one that sort of you remember fondly, or any criticisms about it? Yeah, it's one I definitely remembered. Um, like one that I was in the back of my head when we were thinking about doing uh, Treehouse of Horror. I think it's like it's a strong start to the episode. It's a strong start to Treehouse of Horror, like as we know it as well. Like you say, like I don't think any of the segments are bad on this. And actually, one of them I do like more than this one. But I do agree with you. If it was put at the start, it would have been awful. Um, so I yeah. think. They started the episode off well. They started off Treehouse of Horrors as what we know it really well. Like, yeah, I don't, you can't really complain about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, because obviously we, we, we talked about the third one that we're going to get to, The Raven, um, you know, is, is, is more sort of poignant. And I just don't think it would have worked. You needed to put something that was really funny as your opener to, yeah. to sort of get everyone on board. Right. This is Treehouse of Horror. This, so this is still The Simpsons, though. Um, Lucy, any thoughts? Any, any, anything about this? 
I really like this one. Like when we were talking about doing the for, um, season two and season three, this was one of the standouts for me next to another episode. I think it does it really well. I was absolutely pissing myself at the scene of all of them with their like their knives and their weapons. It's like violent ring around the roses. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, I really, I really like it. I think it's a really good start. It also reminds me a little bit of kind of going into horror literature, Clive Barker books, and uh, specifically uh, Thief of Always, because the house in that speaks. Um, I think that came out in the eighties. I know that. I know. It isn't as direct a reference as like The Exorcist or Poltergeist or Amityville Horror, but it gives me big Clive Barker vibes as well. So I really like that. Well, it's funny you say that because obviously uh, Edgar Allan Poe, who we'll, we'll probably talk about just a little bit, did things like The Telltale Heart, um, mm-hmm. which obviously is, is, and I think Edgar Allan Poe is, is very, very credited as being a huge influence on on Clive Barker, um, who obviously came much, much later. So th- I think, you know, there's definitely connections between those two anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. Any criticisms of this episode um, before we move on? Um, I know it's more of a sign of the times, but I kind of hated that on the gravestones, it's just like very well-known Native Americans and with like absolutely no context of like what tribe they would have been in, where they <coughs> where they would have lived, if they even lived in the same time. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, let's just chuck well-known Native American people from history onto these yeah. and be done with it. I think now yeah. it, that wouldn't have happened, but back then there definitely wasn't the same cultural sensitivities that we have nowadays yeah definitely listen i think in, in general the simpsons as a whole ages is aged pretty well um oh, yeah. but this is definitely something that's been a product of their time i also didn't mm-hmm. really like the fact that they had gandhi as one of the people on oh, the, the stones because the, yeah. the whole joke was that that's an actual indian and uh yeah i wasn't that wasn't a, a joke that sort of particularly sat well with me um so yeah, but I think I think that's more of a product of its time rather than any sort of malicious intent. Um, Lucy, uh, same criticism. Any other ones? Yeah, that was the only one for me. It just, like you say, The Simpsons has mostly aged well. There is a couple things, but like you say, it is of its time. So that was that was the only thing that I could think of for this one. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. Um, that's that's the sort of main criticisms I have with this one. Um, I think they started off really, really strongly. Um, you know, like like we've said a few times now, they had to start off with something that was particularly funny. Um, so I think they did a good job. Look, is this is this one my favorite? Is this one going to end up in like my top five? My top ten? probably not, but I think I think for starters, it's a really good job. Um, okay, so let's rate this first segment then. Uh, like we would normally do for movie topics out of 10. Um, Lucy, do you want to go first? Really hard to rate these. Well, you're I'm... going to have to do it six times, so get used to it, bitch. I, I fucking know. Because <laughs> um, I know there is others that I prefer, but this is probably going to be my second favourite out of all the selections tonight. Um, I'm going to give it... A seven and a half. I do like it. I think it starts off. Oh, look at that. Kicking off with a half score. Just a piss, Lindsay, right off. <laughs> like I, said, I was going to give a 9.8 for Psycho just to <laughs> piss you off. You should have just given it a 10. <laughs> no. Um, Lindsay, what are you scoring in this segment? Um, I think it's a strong start. Um, 
to the episode. I think it's good, but I do think that are better. Um, so I'm going to give it a six. Yeah, I'm pretty much on board with with that as well. Um, although I, 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 this is probably just slightly like higher than that for me. Um, I do think there are several better, and over like I say in the episodes where we're doing this, we will talk about them. I'm going to give it a seven. So I think we're all in the sort of very similar ballpark with that. Um, so yeah, um, that gives uh, this one an uh, a total score of twenty and a half out of thirty. So that's not bad. That's, not bad. that's still not bad. And, you know, that's still a really, really strong way uh, for you to kick off. It gives it an average of 6.8 out of 10. Um, just for those of the, those of you guys who is listening, obviously we've got six of these to go through tonight. So we're not going to be getting super in depth about all of these. The conversation that we just have is a similar kind of sort of style of conversation we're going to have for the next five because we've got quite a few to get through. So uh, we move on to the second uh the second segment of the show, which is Hungry Are the Damned. Um, this one is a parody of To Serve Man, um, which was a, a, a series, uh, an episode, sorry, in the Twilight Zone, which um, originally aired in 1962. So a classic story from the Twilight Zone. Um, we kick off in this one. Homer uh, is hosting a barbecue or is having a barbecue. Um, straight away under the gags where he just uses way too much lighter fluid. He's just there for a really long time. That's definitely me trying to make, trying to cook a barbecue. Just be like, I don't think I've got enough. He uses half a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's me cooking anyway. I'm not at the best at queen at all. <laughs> no, you're a power bottom apparently. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you were there for that conversation. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I, do, I, I just found out. I just found out. Don't worry. I, I have my oh. source. I have my sources. Okay. Um, are you, I, I love this. I love I, I, this massive UFO appears and Homer just goes, holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> There's something quite innocent about that that just really, really made me giggle. Um, this episode is the first appearance in The Simpsons of Kang and Kodos, or Kodos, or however you want to pronounce, uh, pronounce Kodos, um, who obviously go on to become recurring characters in various Treehouses of Horror. Do they... Do they ever appear in non-Treehouse of Horror episodes? I'm trying to think if there is one or... I think they do. Do they? I'm sure, I'm sure they do. You know, if, you, if you know in the chat, you can uh, you can let us know. Um, but yeah, they, they're obviously a staple of, of Treehouse of Horror episodes. Um, I love the fact that they take like two tractor beams as well to beam Homer up. Everyone else just goes up really easily and they have to get a second one as he's sitting there eating a sandwich or whatever it is that he's eating. Um, I thought that was a really cute little joke. Um, but Kang and Kodos are friendly. They mean them no harm. They're just there to take them back to their home planet where they can live a life of luxury and paradise. Um, and then there's lots of little like sinister moments in this where they're making little puns. They're saying things in sinister tones. I don't know about you, like I think the Simpsons are well within their right here to be a little bit uh, suspicious of their alien, uh, their new alien friends. Absolutely. There's like no information given whatsoever as to why they've picked them up and are taking them to, was it Rigel 4? Like, yeah. and they, it's that way they keep weighing them as well. And like, your mind would absolutely go to the fact that you're being fattened up to be eaten. Yeah, absolutely. Like, 
I, I'd be rather triggering just getting weighed constantly. I'm like, not that cute. <laughs> <laughs> Me for the past six months, just weighing myself every day and be like, Look, get off me, you that pound, pound, get off me. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that I think we we possibly get the best gag of the whole episode in this segment. I don't think this is the best segment, but I think we get the best gag in this segment. And that's when Lisa obviously finds the cookbook. And initially we think the cookbook is uh, how to cook humans. And then, oh, it's just a bit dusty. And then suddenly it's how to cook for humans. And then it's how to cook 40 humans. And then it's how to cook for 40 humans. Apparently Matt uh, Matt Groening, want to take it one step further and have the final one be how to cook for 40 humans and then eat them (laughs) (laughs) but uh, they decided to stop it there Um, but when Lisa sort of makes the accusation against them thinking that they're they're obviously wanting to sort of fatten them up and eat them they get very offended and just drop them back off home and that's kind of it isn't it like it's it's I, I it's quite abrupt this feels like a really short one in comparison to the one we just got yeah, it is. Yeah, that is like basically the plot. Like they're picked up, they upset the aliens, they're dropped off. That's the plot. Yeah, that's kind. That's kind of it, isn't it? Uh, basically, Lucy, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, just sorry. Um, just I'll let you come in a second. Just uh, uh, James Earl Jones is the third alien that speaks in this in this segment. Uh, um, sorry, Lucy. Oh, the one that cries. No. Yes. Yeah. Oh, bless. <laughs> bless. <laughs> no, it just, it feels very abrupt. It's a shame because they, the aliens are like such an iconic part of Treehouse of Horror and their initial introduction is like so vague and mysterious. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you both a question. So, you know, at the table, I know. So, you know, at the table and they get to eat all their favourite foods and it's um... like, Lisa has lentils or something and then there's like pork chops and stuff because I know we like a debate on foods what would be on your plates I want to know what would be on your bougie plate (laughs) 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 fucking sarancha and mayonnaise and a pot noodle probably some like fancy kind of fish that I've never even heard of said in a French (laughs) accent said in a French accent served with a glass of sherry I can't even ask a fucking question on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think for me, because I I like good sort of like stodgy home cooking. Like I like good old fashioned, like I like my mum's cooking. And um, so something like a shepherd's pie or something is just like chef's kiss for me. So probably something like that. Maybe some sort of pasta dish um, as well. Something with lots of cheese despite the the absolute chaos that it would cause to my 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 bowels uh i can't resist lots of cheese um so yeah probably something like that for me Lindsay, probably pizza like i love pizza mm-hmm. so much oh, wait, 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 wait. you're gonna say pizza you need to furnish us with some toppings i don't need to do <laughs> It's my prerogative as a woman to give you the answer I want to give. It wasn't even my fucking question. It was Lucy's question. <laughs> Come on in, Lucy. Sushi. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
just before we uh, just we move on as well, uh, sounds creepy. Pod said back on the sort of Kang and Kodos argument, especially since later we find out that Marge had a little randan with Kang at some point in the future episode. Of mm-hmm. course, Kang turns out to be Maggie's father, um, so they had a little uh, a little rendezvous. Maybe it was in like the tractor beam. Maybe the tractor beam like impregnates fertile women. I'm sure that is that not what happens. It just kind of. Yeah, it does. That is what happens, isn't it? Because we find, like, there's a flashback scene in that, isn't there? Where you just, like, look over there and then, look over there, and then just, like, (laughs) fires her with a ray gun or something, doesn't he? One and done. One and done. Well, we've all been there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like we said, that's it for this this segment. So, um, Lindsay, uh, positives, negatives, what do you think of this one? Like I say, it's a much shorter one. Yeah, like the obviously the gag that you mentioned is really good. Um, like it's it's not that it's bad, but it's probably like my least favorite. There's not like a huge amount to like cling on to, like other than it's the introduction of Kang and Kodos. Like we, and I'm glad that we got to see more of them after this episode because they do develop those characters really well. But, um, yeah, it's nice. Like, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lucy, positives, negatives? I mean, it's not bad, but it's just so short. Mm. You don't really get to fully enjoy it. I mean, that gag is a good gag, don't get me wrong. And I do like the premise of it and everything. And I, I do like the the start when they're getting beamed up as well like that, that's quite funny too but it's so short it's just you don't have much to go off of really yeah I think, yeah no i would agree with you i think this i think without that one gag this actually is quite a poor segment um because i don't think there's anything else in there that's really that funny there's a couple of like we say little uh, chuckle moments but it's way too short I agree with you, Lindsay. I'm really glad that we get Kang and Kodos because they're part of some of my favourite segments later on. Citizen Kang that we get in a few seasons' time yes. um, is possibly right up there with those some of those other ones that I spoke about earlier. Um, you know, I always, I, I quote that all the time. I still quote Citizen Kang to this day. Um, you know, if something bad happens in my house, I will go, oh, Bob Doldo need this. Um, or, you know, I always dreamed of being a baseball <laughs> or something like that you know so um yeah i'm really glad we got those uh further lucy uh sorry lucy. Lindsay, you can go, go first this time what you scored in it out of 10 can i give it a four? Oh, that is 10. scathing scathing yeah. okay fair enough lucy this is middle of the road for me so i'm giving it a five five yeah i'm spot on there with you uh lucy i was planning on giving this one a five so i will be giving this one a five as well looks like uh Lindsay's going to be the grinch today i know who's a thought <laughs> <laughs> all of us no. <laughs> <laughs> um that gives hungry are the damned a 14 out of 30 an average of 4.7 out of 10 uh, so it's in second place as it stands. Uh, I don't think it's going to stay there. We move on then to the final segment of this first episode, which is The Raven. There's not, I don't actually have much notes for this because it's kind of, I, th- I don't, I, think, I just don't really, I don't know what to sort of critique about it. So basically, um, 
we're getting retold the story of the Raven um, with Homer and Bart. James Earl Jones is narrating, and it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like it's so different from anything that you've seen on The Simpsons before, but it still has that like cheeky, contentious relationship between Bart and Homer depicted in the same way that we've used to see in every episode before this and after. Um, I think for me as well, because Edgar Allan Poe's obviously like a massive name in America, but I had never heard of him obviously being so young. So this is how I got introduced to Edgar Allan Poe as well. Um, and that's probably going to be the same for loads of people my age, older, younger. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great segment. It's a great episode. Um, would you like? Would you have liked more gags? No, because that's not what this was about. Okay. No, it's just, it's just that I think that's generally the sort of critique that is thrown at this one because this one is 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 much more serious tone. Like you said, there is still like that contentious relationship, and there are still a couple of little gags in there. Mm. Um, but this one is very very different, and that's the reason why I don't think this would have worked had this gone on first or even second. No. Like this needed to close out the show. Yeah. Um, Lucy, what do you think about The Raven? I fucking love this one. This is one of my favourites. Like, spoiler, this is my favourite from this segment that we're doing, but this is one of my favourites in general of Treehouse of Horror, because, like, I'm a bookworm, so I, like, I hadn't heard of Edgar Allan Poe till this episode, but I am a fan of Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe's work, and it's just so gothy, and it's, like, the narration is great, and, like, I love... Bart as the crow just being this little fucking arsehole just reminds me of my cats when they're being little assholes and goes like and never more and never more <laughs> it's really really good um they 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 got because I, I, I always feel like that's maybe one of the difficult things with the simpsons is when they're parodying something figuring out which characters fit with the thing that they're parodying if that makes sense mm-hmm. because it would be quite easy to fuck that up right mm. Um, so I think they, uh, I think they do a really good job here. It was really clever. Um, <laughs> sounds creepy. Pod in the chat says Poe is no Robbie Burns. <laughs> I, I mean, that's true. I think the inner Scottish in all three of us is just uh, agreeing with you wholeheartedly. There, to Scotland. be honest. Um, that was the worst fake Scottish accent from an actual Scottish person I've ever heard in my life, Lucy. You're actually Scottish. Just speak in your voice. I know. <laughs> I, know. Um, I have nothing else noted for this uh, episode because they also, in this segment, do cut back to the treehouse as well, which they don't do in the other two. Um, there's a couple of interruptions during this where Bart's saying, oh, this isn't scary, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, I like the Friday the 13th dig. There's a Friday the 13th oh, dig yeah. in yeah. here. Um where he says, oh, well, I guess uh, this must have what scared people back in whenever it was. Even Friday the 13th is pretty tame by modern standards. Um, I, I thought, Lindsay, you'd have something to say about that, because I know you're a massive I, Friday the 13th fan. I like the first one, and <laughs> when I watched it before watching the second one for the show, I even knew about the big jump scare at the end, still fucking shat myself. So I was kind of <laughs> like... Like, first and 30s, good. It's like two and three, they're terrible. The first one's terrible as well. Oh, no, I like the first one. Um, 
Lucy, did, have you seen the first one? Did you watch the first one before you watched the second one? Yes, and it's all a bag of shite. <laughs> well, for, for, for once on the show, me and Lucy are in total agreement there. <laughs> it's weird, because as someone who loves Elm Street and Halloween, it's very bizarre that I kind of despise quite a lot of Friday the 13th. Um, so, yeah. Haley in the chat, Robbie Burns, Robert Burns forever. I think, we, I think we're starting a movement here. Um, so yeah that's kind of it I, we get the obviously we get like I said the wraparound story of Lisa and Bart in the treehouse telling each other stories you get and at the very end we get Homer is terrified by these stories when the kids are not so the kids are going to bed and then Homer goes to bed and wants to sleep with the lights on which I think is super cute poor, so poor, funny. poor Homer bless his cotton socks absolutely um, and that's it. And that's how uh, our episode ends. So we'll rank the Raven as well before we can talk about the episode as a whole before we move on to season three. Lucy, you can go first for this one. What are you scoring the Raven out of 10? I'm going to give this a pretty high score. I really like this because it's so different from everything else. And yeah, it's not absolutely ha-ha funny, but I think it's just done brilliantly. Um, I love everything about it, so I'm going to give it a nine. Nine out of ten. Oof. Lindsay, you're in danger of being the Grinch here again. You're just going to have to give it a full ten just to... <laughs> I know. What, what are you scoring it? Uh, I'm going to give it a... Five. Yeah, look, this one's amazing. This is still not my favourite. Like, There's still other ones I prefer over them. Probably just because as a kid they gave me more laughs. You know, because I feel like as a kid, this probably isn't going to be a lot of like younger people's favorites because when you're young, you're in there for the laughs, really, aren't you? Um, but it's still like incredibly well done. James Earl Jones just has that voice, doesn't he? Like you could listen to I could listen to him speak. You know, I could listen and I could listen to him reading me the menu in the chippy, to be honest with you. Like he could just speak to me and that would that would do it. Um, so I'm going to be the slight Grinch on this one. Um, and I'm going to give this a seven and a half. <laughs> that still puts it as my favourite of this episode. It puts it as all of our favourites for this episode. It gives it a 24 and a half out of 30, an average of 8.2 out of 10. Puts it in first place out of the three segments that we've talked about so far. Um, so as a whole, how did you think this uh, episode did as the sort of kickoff for Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th? <laughs> As for for Treehouse of Horror, I just think it sets up perfectly. Like it's good references to horror that have come before it. Like there's a good mix of like laughs um, and like visual gags. Yeah, I just think it's great. Lucy. Yeah, no, I really like it. I think we get three very different stories, all different pacings. We get introduced to some iconic characters that later in, in the Treehouse of Horror series, you know, we get more, we get to know more. Um, you know, there's different styles as well. We get lots more like gags in the first like 10 minutes and then we get something a bit more serious and then, you know, we get a really short episode. So I think um, overall, it's a really strong start. Yeah, I would, uh, I would absolutely go with that. I like I said earlier. I think this is very much a case of uh, they're they're obviously still finding their feet. This is the first one that they've done. I think that they will hit higher highs than we got in 
either of these two episodes, this one uh, in particular. Um, but I think it's a really, really strong start. It's very solid. Um, and yeah, I think I think they did a great job because, you know, it's something completely different for The Simpsons. They just came off the back of their first season. And let's let's be honest, no one's favourite season of The Simpsons is season one. Um, oh no, come on, there's the episode with Santa's Little Helper. That's great. I mean, let's be, that, but let's be real though. No one's favorite season is season one. No, no, but it has, it has. It's got, don't get me wrong. It has its charm, but let's be real. Like most people, seasons like four to eight or somewhere in that sort of region is tend to be where most people plot The Simpsons as being at its highest high. Um, so yeah, I think they did a really, really good job, and uh, I'm I. If I, if I had watched this as it aired, which obviously I didn't, I wasn't born, um, I would have had my 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 wet whistled waiting for some more. So definitely. Um, see if we can get a couple of other pieces of trivia around this episode. Matt Groening was nervous about The Raven. He says, because it didn't have many gags, he felt it would be the worst, most pretentious thing they had ever done on the show. Um Aww. And in fairness, they hadn't done much on the show at that point. No. So, yeah. Um, it's, I think it's really easy to sort of, uh, when you're talking about The Simpsons, where it is, just always talk about it as if it was always around for 30 years. Yeah. And obviously that back then, it, it wasn't. So um, uh, to get the right drooling sound for the aliens, they got James Earl Jones to chew on a cookie close to his microphone. So that's like some old school ASMR right there. Yeah. That legit oh, that is. Megan. <laughs> <laughs> you can sell that kind of content on OnlyFans. That's some behind the creams content right there. Hi. <laughs> um, Bart as the Raven, he knocks several other Edgar Allan Poe stories off the bookshelf, including the Pendulum, the Telltale Heart, and the Purloined Letter. Um, it's the only Treehouse of Horror episode to be set in the Treehouse which I thought was oh, an interesting yeah. little thing. I obviously, like, I don't know how accurate that is now because I'm assuming these trivia facts are probably a couple of years old, so they may have in the last few seasons um, changed that. They may have done another episode, but as far as I'm aware, uh, yeah, this is the only one that appeared. The only appearance of Serac the Preparer, which is the, uh, the alien that James Earl Jones plays. He doesn't appear again. There's also a fourth alien in there, but he doesn't have any speaking parts. Um, we do see some other aliens at other points, but it's the only time I think that most times it's just Khan and Kodos that we get, isn't it? Uh, I'm just having a quick look through some of the trivia to see if there's anything else interesting. Anything else interesting for you guys? Any pieces of trivia? Sometimes I know you just like to have a look sometimes. No? Okay. Well, uh, shall we move on to the second episode then? Yes. Okay, so we're now on to season three, which is uh, Treehouse of Horror number two. The IMDb plot, the Simpson family receives a severed monkey's paw, which can grant wishes. Bart gains magical powers, which he uses to turn Homer into a jack-in-the-box. And Mr. Burns uses Homer's brain to create a robot. This season, unlike the first one, just had the one director for all three segments. It was directed by Jim Reardon. Uh, and obviously had all those same stars that I listed earlier on. Um, for this one, we get another warning from Marge. They stuck with this for a few seasons. And this one, she's more along the lines of, you thought last year's was bad. This one's going to be even worse. 
um, which I thought was fun. The gravestone intro we had again, names including Bambi's mob, uh, <laughs> Jim, Jim Morrison, Walt Disney was on there. When did Walt Disney die? Does anyone know? I, I meant to look that up before before we came on air, but I can't remember. You know, long before the night-ish. Was it not the 60s? Or... Heavy, heavy smoker. Yeah, you just, you just look that up. If you want to use one, look that up. Uh, the Princess Princesses, Kang and Kodos are usually voiced by the man who plays Homer. Yep, it's Dan Castellanella who does Kang and Kodos. It was James Earl Jones only did Serac the Preparer from the Aliens. It was still Dan Castanella, Castanella. I can never say his name. Uh who did he died, in, he died in 1996 not 1986 1966 but he was born in 1901 okay so I don't know if like the 100th anniversary of his birth or something they maybe decided to stick something in maybe um Grasset Park coming in there as well saying 1966 so 1966. I thought you said um, 96 then I was like I was so off because I said the 60s I, was, I, I couldn't remember like I was thinking maybe it's much later than I thought it was <laughs> I, I wasn't sure when he died but I just knew he didn't live long because he was a, like like I say he was a heavy heavy smoker yeah this is the first tree as a horror where we start getting the sort of spooky names in the credits um that, that you know what that that's one thing about tree as a horror that's just never landed for me oh, like really? I ne- I always thought that was just so tedious and just like oh it just it doesn't bug me or oh, anything I like it I don't know, I, don't know. I think it's cute I just I don't know like it's just one of those things like I don't hate it. I just it just never quite lands for me. I don't think any of them are funny. <laughs> um, but we get uh, the first segment. Well, we be- we get the wraparound story that they've all been out trick or treating. Um, Marge tries to say they can only have one piece of candy before they go to bed, but of course, Homer, Bart, and Lisa, and and Maggie is Maggie as well, um, are absolutely gorging themselves on chocolate and sweets uh which is exactly what i would be doing in that situation like there's no way i would only be having one piece before i go to my bed cut to lisa who's also eating in her sleep and she's in bed she's surrounded by sweetie wrappers and that feels more i feel very attacked by that because that (laughs) that feels very much like something i was doing like two days ago (laughs) that is me half asleep watching love island like oh i just need to make it through this episode (laughs) Um, and we get uh, Lisa's dream, which is uh, the first of our segments, which is the monkey's paw. Um, we start off in Marrakesh. <laughs> the Simpsons have gone to Marrakesh. No one knows why. We never get explained why. And uh, Homer buys a mysterious monkey paw from a street vendor. Street vendor tries to give him a warning, but Homer's just not interested in the warning. I do love the joke where he's like, oh, I got it from that street vendor over there. And it's just like a little whirlwind of air. And he's like, oh no, actually it was over there. And the street vendor's <laughs> just there at the side. I think that's a really funny one. They take the monkey paw home. And they try to decide what they're going to do with it. Maggie grabs it though, makes the first wish. I love that like the really fancy car pulls up. They think that she's done like a really good job and then just out pops a, a, a the driver i think or a, a butler and he just has uh, a new dummy on a plate for maggie but that's that's, that's kind of sweet that she would just want a new dummy easy to please yeah i think that's kind of heartwarming i don't know like there's something quite nice in that um bart then grabs it and he wishes for them to be rich and famous so i feel like that might be quite a common one i want to know what would you guys wish for 
eternal youth. <laughs> Immortality. You're no, you're no vain at all, eh? <laughs> I just don't like the idea of getting old. Lindsay, anything in particular that you can think of voting for? Voting for? Uh, wishing for? I don't know. I'd probably wish for money. Yeah, I think I'd probably just be the same, to be honest with you. Like... Dead basic. We're basic bitches in this, yeah. in this regard. Um, <laughs> so they get rich and famous. They've got lots of money. They go to the Gilded Truffle, which is the fanciest restaurant in town. Um, and they get preferential treatment there. We see the, the, the host turning people away. But as soon as the Simpsons come up, they magically have a table free for them. But the public hate them. The public hate them. We, hear, we see as they sort of are walking through people commenting and criticizing them. We then get like a, a shot of like all of their merch in like a store. Like they're trying to charge like $18 for a t-shirt. Um, they've got this Calypso album cassette tape out. That's so, so cringe. <laughs> um, Lisa grabs the, the, the monkey paw, which is for world peace and uh, yeah, everyone starts uh, puts aside their differences, and uh, the UK apologizes for the Falklands. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. I just say the song as well is so funny. Did you hear it? Said the man is smart, but the woman is smarter. What song? Oh, the the, song, the, the, the Calypso, Calypso song. Yeah. Oh, did it? I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear the lyrics I, I sometimes find the Simpsons quite difficult to listen to their songs like sometimes especially Marge um her voice I don't always think makes for easy listening she sounds like me <laughs> when you laugh like that she does <laughs> um so I love the pentagon gets turned into the five corners mall I that's the the biggest mall in the world surely because yeah, the Pentagon is like miles, like other, uh, like miles wide, right? Is it? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, again, that's something, that's something else that I probably should have looked up. But I'm sure, like, it's the Pentagon is like from end to end, like a couple of miles. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, everyone burns their guns as well and burns all their weapons, and I love the fact that. Kang and Kodos obviously see this and think, right, the earth is now prime for, for invasion. Go down and all they have to attack with is a wooden club and a slingshot. That's the two weapons that they've got to take over uh, the town or the world. And Homer has one wish left. So you think, right, come on, Homer, pull this one out, pull out, the, be in the clutch, save everyone, and he wishes for a turkey sandwich. How raging would you be? So raging. <laughs> but it's, it's, I'm assuming at the time, did, like, did they know that if they pass the paw off to someone else that a new set of wishes begins? No. Because like, if that's the case, then fine, wish what you want and then just give it to the next person. Right? Yeah, well, actually, I don't know, maybe it's because it's within the family because of, of course like, they all Everyone takes take it. the paw mm -hmm. at one point. So... Um, yeah, like it was, it was, uh, yeah, that confused me a little bit, um, which is shockingly easy to do. Um, so he basically gives Ned the paw and Ned's first wish, of course, because Ned is 
whilst uh, a religious nut has got significantly more sense than than Homer does, uh, his first wish is to get rid of the aliens. And I love the fact that this Kang just is then running through the screen being like, he's got a board with a nail in it. <laughs> it's lit and on and they're like, oh, we'll be back. He's <laughs> a board with a nail in it. <laughs> they'll be like, this isn't where the human race will stop. They'll build bigger no, bigger boards with bigger nails. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, and that's it. That's the end of the first segment. So what did we make of this one overall as to kick off season two? Um, did we, like, if you think, compare it to the kickoff to see the, the uh, Treehouse of Horror one, better, worse, positives, negatives? Lucy, what do you think? I think I actually prefer the first one, but out of all the three in this season... I think this is my favorite. I think monkey the, the monkey paw one's pretty good. I think it's quite funny and just quintessential, you know, like Homer fucking choosing a, a sandwich and then, you know, Bart's all about the money and all that stuff. So no, I, I do like it. Um, but again, there is others that I prefer. I think they started off strong, but I think the first one I prefer to, to this because it's got all the references and it's just, it's more spoopy and, you know, yeah, uh, Lindsay, what do you think? Um, yeah, like, I do I do like this one, but then in a lot of ways, I do feel like this could just be a normal Simpsons episode. Like, there's nothing really that makes it particularly Treehouse of Horror. But, I mean, again, when I, uh, this was another one, like, the monkey's paw was something that popped into my head when we were like, oh, let's do Treehouse of Horror. Like, it is... It is kind of an iconic segment, but okay, it's not my favorite. I think for me, it's it's this one benefits from being around now for so long mm. that for a lot of people, this is one that they will remember because it's probably one that if they watch The Simpsons and they watch The Simpsons through, it'll be end up being one that they've seen most often, just like mm-hmm. the first ones. Yeah. I and I've. I'll, I'll say it now before you even get into the other two segments. I don't think any of the three segments in this episode surpass any of the three segments in the first episode. I think this is a markedly poorer Treehouse of Horror. And in of those sort of first 10 seasons of Treehouse of Horror, I think this is probably my least favourite one. Mm. Um, there is one in particular in the next one, which we're obviously not covering tonight, that I think is probably my least favorite segment, but I prefer the episode overall. Um, I also agree with you, Lucy, that I think this is the best one of this um, this episode. And I always think it's a bit of an issue if your best one is first. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about The Raven. The Raven couldn't have opened, but I think we all agree that The Raven was the best segment. It might not have been the funniest segment, but it was the best segment. And I think you should always should always close with your best. Um, so I think the fact that they've got their best one first is a bit a bit of an issue for me as well. Uh, anything else about this segment? I know it's kind of like part of the thing of having, you know, the mysterious monkey paw come from a, another place, but that whole segment in Marrakesh is just full of microaggressions. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure about it. I've never been to Marrakesh. I'm sure it's not like that, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, okay, let's rate this first segment then. Lindsay, it's your turn to go first. What are you rating the um, monkey's paw? 
I'll give it a six. Six out of ten. Okay. Uh, Lucy? That's exactly what I was going to go for. I think it's just a little bit above average, so it's a six for me as well. A six for you as well. Um, just trying to have a look at what I rated the other things. I think I'll probably just agree with you and go for a six as well. I think is that the first time we've had a clean sweep of all yes. three of all three probably. of us of all three of us agreeing. Um, yeah, so that gives it eighteen out of thirty. Averages it at six. Uh, it actually puts it in third place at the four. Hungry or the damn scored lower than that. So. Um, but which, which I think is fine. If this is the strongest, yeah. then okay, I, I can get. On, I know I said I didn't think I preferred this over any of the season ones, but I can I can get on board with that. Um, so Lisa then is oh, she wakes up and she wants to sort of sleep in bed with Bart because she's scared of her bad dreams. Um, and then Bart has his dream, and then we get the Bart zone. Um, just to note as well, sorry, because I didn't actually mention it. Uh, the Monkey's Paw was a parody of uh, The Monkey's Paw, which is a supernatural short story by W.W. Jacobs, um, which was published in 1902. Uh, the Bart Zone is a parody of uh, It's a It's a Good Life, which is uh, episode another episode of The Twilight Zone as well. So I think there's a lot of Twilight Zone references. Did, do you guys ever remember The Twilight Zone really being a big thing over here? Because I really don't. No, it's, it's very much uh, like a big thing in the US. Yeah. Lucy, do you ever remember watching it? I mean, yeah, I had watched it, but I don't think it was nearly as big in the UK. I feel like people have heard of it, but a hmm. lot of people haven't watched it. I've seen um, I've seen some of it. I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there, but that's only because I've sort of sought it out at a later date, you know, uh, and and uh, watched pieces of it. But I'd never, ever remember it being on. So anyways, uh that is by the by. Uh, we get the Bart Zone, and it starts off with everyone in town with giant grins on their face. And uh, we get Jasper, who walks in, and poor Jasper is like, I'm not doing this, and immediately gets turned into a dog. And we get told from a narrator that, uh, um, that Bart has the ability to control and change people with his mind. Do we ever find out why? I don't think it ever explains why, does it? No. No. Um, which I think, for me, that's like a little bone of contention about this one. Like, I know you've got very short space of time to do these three segments in. I think they're, what, six to eight minutes per segment on average. And, uh, but, like, sh just show us a, like, four-second clip of Bart in some sort of, like, I don't know, nuclear waste accident or something. You know, something. Um, but anyways, uh, I like the quote. Sorry, sorry, Lindsay. I was just going to say, I don't think, like, in the Twilight Zone episode, we get a reason either. Do so we not? Okay. Why. That might explain it then. And fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Bart, uh, Homer and Marge are having a, a chat in the kitchen. And I love Homer, who he just says, he gets it from your side of the family. You know, there's no <laughs> monsters at my side of the family. <laughs> that <laughs> is just... like such a typical, like, parent thing to do, though. <laughs> like, you've probably, like, all been there, like, if you're misbehaving or something it's like your child but when you're good it's like my child me and Cardi, <laughs> me, me and Cardi do that with the cat yeah. like she gets off of you she's got off of me i'm a good influence on ours like we do that with your the pets cat scratch me again like, <laughs> yeah, it's just such, okay, if, if, if my cat's been bad then it's my cat because i paid for it but if it's been good then it's her cat because it was a gift for her 
that's how it goes and that's how it goes in this house um bart wants to drive the school bus and i like how otto because otto as a character i feel is like very underrated as a character and doesn't yeah. is one of those characters that doesn't actually appear that often um you know he's he's probably one of our sort of c or d characters really because you know you have your simpsons as your a characters and then your b characters i would say is people like skinner and uh groundskeeper willie and mayor quimby and chief wiggum and those sorts of people and then you get your sort of lesser characters beyond that and i would probably put otto in that group but i love that scene where Otto's like obviously having to push the pedals for bart and he's just manically screaming we're all gonna die <laughs> I was something about that that really did just tickle me. Tickle your pink. Tickled me somewhere, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's so funny as well because he seems to forget. Like at first he's like, oh, I don't think this is going to do a little bit. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking stoned. He forgot it. <laughs> and, then, and then we obviously get the scene in the classroom and Skinner is all over the tannoy singing songs to Bart. And yeah. this is my favourite thing in this season. Uh, in this season, in this episode. So Bart decides to make one of his classic prank calls to mow the bartender. And in general, they're very obvious puns, but they're very smart puns. You know, we get Mr. Mr. IP Freely and Ms. <laughs> uh, Miss Amanda Hug and Kiss and, and things like that. But in this one, uh, Mo calls out to the bar, I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt and my butt smells and I'd like to kiss my own butt. And he doesn't realise that it's a prank call because he still does that. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Bless him. Some of them are so funny and they get so raging as well. <laughs> <laughs> I never used to do prank calls. Like obviously, I don't think you could really do them nowadays. But no. did, did you either of you ever back? Oh, Lucy, look at that yeah, do, little yeah. fucking troublemaker. What would what would you do? What would you do? <laughs> I, I want details. I'd get my friends to do it. I'd call them and make them do it. We also did Ding Dong Ditch as well. Oh, little put, troublemakers, you put, see. It's chicken Alley, all right. Wait, what's it called? Well, no, no, no. Go back. Chicken Alley. What the, the fuck, fuck is that? Is that? That's what it's called. No, it's not. No. I'm not getting into this. We used to, but that's not. That is that, not That's correct. not an Aberdonian thing. That's an Ian it? thing. No, it's it's an Aberdonian thing. You're just no. too posh. Johnny. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Johnny's going to be better for it. Like... Johnny will have heard about people doing it at school, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has never done it himself. <laughs> Sorry, boobs. <laughs> oh, dear. He's the sensible Nicky one. Nicky Nocky Nine Doors, that get in the sea so fair, like. <laughs> <laughs> See, that Love Island podcast, that's it cancelled. That's it cancelled right now. <laughs> Um, it's these people, in fairness, I think the worst one is these people who just call it knock and go run. Like, that's, that's fucking nonce behaviour right there. Do you have any creativity in your brain? Like, Wolfie says Christ. they, they called it ring and run like hell before they strangle you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Ding dong dash. No. Oh yeah, I've heard that. Oh, get fucked a lot. Get fucked a lot. Right, we're moving on. I've had enough of this conversation now. 
the moral of that story the moral of that story and i'm ending it the moral of that story is that Lindsay and sophie are no longer friends <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nobody knows how to take a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get more people who are trying to please Bart. Krusty's been on the air for 346 hours straight and he looks rough as fuck. How <laughs> poor Krusty. I do I, I do feel bad for Krusty. <laughs> I love the little joke that's put in there for the adults as well. Though. Like, let's see if Sideshow Bell has any wake-up pills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the chat is still going on about this. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Park tip-tap, tap-tap run. I've never heard of that one. No. Oh, that's a new no, one for me. Um, t- talk, talk, uh, tall talk, talk, talkie from Sound TikTok. Street. Talk talkie. I've never, I've never heard of that one either. Um, yeah, so just more bizarre names for that game where you knock. Knock door run. Like that's what it's called. That's what you do. It's knock door run. Sting dong ditch. Oh fucking hell. And we thought we were an off the rails kind of podcast before. But it's, it's, it's only worse now. But yeah, anyways, back to the episode that we're meant to be talking about. Poor Krusty the Clown. It's not, uh, often, it's not often that I actually feel bad for Krusty, but I kind of feel bad for Krusty here. Um, Homer then tries to take matters into his own hands and tries to... I don't know if he's trying to kill Bart or if he's just trying to knock him unconscious. And I'm um, not sure what he thinks he's going to achieve here by knocking him out. Well, maybe just giving everyone a couple of hours of fucking respite. Yeah, maybe Like, I... maybe let Krusty go for a fucking kip. <laughs> like, I think that's all they want, isn't it? I think they just want a rest. They just want their 40 winks. What I don't know, understand is things like, and I know we shouldn't really be nitpicking because it's three hours of horror. Nothing needs to make sense. But why aren't they all just not doing the things that they're being made to do when Bart's asleep? Yeah. I'll become a nocturnal society. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, once, uh, but anyways, Bart catches Homer before he has the opportunity, um, before he has the opportunity to to knock him out or kill him or whatever it is if you want, he's trying to achieve and uh, turns him into a jack-in-the-box. Um, and I like how that um, Marge comes in and like, kind of puts her foot down and Bart almost like is like oh yeah okay because his mum has put his foot put her foot down <laughs> and we all know like I as 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 a child like I knew when my mum put my foot down put her foot down that was it that was time to stop fucking about <laughs> um I love the gag we get where they're at the the count is it the therapist's office or the counselor's office and he's like ah oh, so you agree with me Mr Simpson and he's like the air conditioning is on and just making him bob back and forth I really like that one as well um and then Bart and uh, Homer start spending some quality time together and we see a little montage of them doing various things on roller coasters and and such and then they end it with a big hug. And Bart wakes up screaming at that. That's the nightmare to Bart is getting close to Homer, um, <laughs> which which I thought was was quite funny. Touch uh, is not his love language. No, indeed <laughs> it is not. Um, so yeah, that is the Bart zone. So overalls, 
positive negatives uh i don't know whose turn it is to go first whoever wants to chip in first can go first i think for me it's middle of the road again like i like the start of it with the narration and it's very twilight zone and the music and everything but it's just i found it a bit boring in all honesty i just it, I, I don't know it just in comparison to some of the others it just doesn't stand out so i'm gonna give it a five Oh, we're oh we're rating them just now as well. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'll go into the rating. Can someone rate them? Well, yeah, you did. I didn't ask that. I just did. I did not. I asked. Yeah, you did. I, I did not because <laughs> yes, did. the entire episode, I've been asking Chat. for your overalls first, and then asking for your rating. Oh, sorry, hard. So shouting at me. You start like fucking shouting at me first. <laughs> he did. See, right there, you go. There's evidence. Oh, of course oh, he said that. Oh, listen, named it like if like just because Wolfie <laughs> says something doesn't mean it's true. We all know that Wolfie's the biggest snake out of the lot of us. <laughs> it's three against one. Just back down. It's fine. No, it's fine. I'll produce the clips. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, oh, it's coming with receipts, is it? I will have receipts. <laughs> yes Wolfie we all know you're the biggest snake amongst the lot of us you heard me the first time uh, anyways uh, 5 out of 10 <laughs> Lindsay what you score in this one if you could compose yourself for 2 seconds um, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 is that okay <laughs> sure um, this one uh, do you want to give your overalls because you've not done that yet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like Lucy said, I just think it's very middle of the road. It's, for me, it doesn't bring the same laughs as um, some of the other ones do. Like, it's not quite as memorable either. It's just a bit meh. Yeah, um, uh, this, I th- see, this one for me is kind of odd because I, I like this one. Hmm. But, and I think there's some really good stuff in it. Like, the prank call's really funny. I like the fact that like Krusty has been on TV for such a long time. Like you said, they mix in like a wee adult kind of joke in there. I like the fact that, you know, Skinner's singing down the tannoy to the school, but it feels like a really incomplete story. Like it feels like a story where we don't get a beginning or an end. Like we just get this little middle and there are much more complete stories in future and past Treehouses of Horror. Um, so uh, yeah, that kind of ruins it a little bit for me because I think otherwise it's had a p- bit of potential to be much, much better than it actually was. But I think um, I like this one uh, quite a lot. Uh, I think it's a little bit above average. So I'm going to give this a six. So that gives the Bart Zone 16 out of 30, an average of 5.3 out of 10. It's uh, in fourth place of the five that we have covered so far. Uh, And so with that, um, I I forgot all of the Simpsons characters' names there. Uh, Bart Bart and Lisa then decide that they're going to go and sleep in with Homer and Marge. And then we get uh, Homer's dream which uh, leads us on nicely to our final segment, which is If I Only Had a Brain, which is, of course, parodying the absolute classic story, Frankenstein, um, a story that we're pretty familiar with from uh, from what we've been talking about in a, a few, was it three, three episodes ago, four episodes ago, something like that. Something like that. Um, so, yeah, um, that's what this one is parodying. 
we kick off with Mr. Burns, um, who I'm surprised more Treehouse of Horror episodes don't centre around Mr. Burns, being that he's the most evil character. Yeah, he's such a classic villain. Even the way he looks and stuff, he looks so evil. And this is his first appearance. I know, right? And and don't get me wrong, he does does do a lot more in other Treehouse of Horror episodes moving forward. Um, But he's he's looking at his uh, uh, CCTV cameras and he's looking at all his workers and they're all slacking off and He's criticised them. So him and Smithers, um, I love Smithers so much. He's oh, one of my, he's, he's a very underrated character as well for me. Um, but they decide to do a random firing. And so they pick Homer for sleeping on the job. So they fire Homer. Um, and then they head to their laboratory and they, they, they sort of tell us that they've been creating this robot worker Um that's going to eventually replace their workforce because it's not as lazy as everyone else. Um, uh, we, we, we move on and Homer becomes a grave digger, which uh, I think is a very interesting job. I don't think I would mind being a grave digger, to be honest. I mean, if it's good pay. It's good money. Yeah. It's good money. Lots of fresh air. Uh, as as they said, you meet lots of interesting people. <laughs> lots of exercise, you know. Exercise exactly. Um, I don't think I would mind that as a job, to be honest with you. I'm not particularly squeamish. Not good on the back, but you would build up strength in your back. You would build up the strength. You would build it up. It would be fine. <sighs> well, already are. What are you talking about? <laughs> I wasn't saying specifically you, but I like oh, you. Okay. I'm not buff in the slightest. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Homer falls asleep on this job as well. And uh, Smithers and Mr. Burns come along and they think he's a corpse. Well, uh, so Mr. Burns, oh, look, an open grave. <laughs> Are they common, commonplace? Like just open graves? I know, there's not really a coffin involved. Just At least like a coffin. In a hole. <laughs> and they start dragging them along. And this is also where you realise that you know, they haven't quite fully fleshed out all of their characters yet as well, because Mr. Burns, uh, they're dragging him along and, and Smithers reveals to Mr. Burns that Homer's still alive. And Mr. Burns goes and starts beating him with the shovel. But of course, in future episodes, we'll find out that Mr. Burns really can't do anything. Mm-hmm. But he does try and attack people. It's very, very, he's very, very frail. Um, but obviously at this point, they've not really established that yet. So he's battering Homer with, uh, with the shovel. Uh, I love that bit. It's just like Smithers like, I think the corpus is alive. And it just batters it. It's like, problem solved. (laughs) It's a very good solution, in fairness. Um, So they take him back to the lab. They remove his brain and put it in the robot. We then get the classic, it's alive scene. Uh, Did it stand up to the original Frankenstein? It's alive scene for either of you. I thought it will ever hold up to that, but it was a good, it was a good um, homage. I think, I think it's good because I don't feel like in the other two segments, like there was a lot of like, super obvious horror pop culture references mm. obviously there are a few and if you are well into horror you'll have picked up if you've watched all of the twilight zone then you'll you'll have picked up on that but you know in the first one we had poltergeist we had exorcist references and things like that and here i think it was really good to get some frankenstein references in here i think that was quite important to be honest with you um so yeah homer is now the robot and of course the robot just immediately identifies the donuts 
and burst through the wall that's me that's definitely me Mate. like if there's a buffet cooking about like i'll break down walls so like i have a six <laughs> Have a wee You're here at a party, you beeline for the snacks, the sausage rolls. Elbows out, uh, elbows out, and you, you make it, yeah, no, that is my sixth sense. That's my superpower. Um, so, yeah, uh, makes a beeline, and in his robot voice goes, mmm, sprinkles. <laughs> Which was kind of cute. Um, so they decide that to, that was a mistake. Let's just reverse the procedure. And they put his brain back in his body as well. Like, where is the medicine here? <laughs> I know. And like, he's like, when they sewn him up, he's like, ow, ow. <laughs> 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 There's not even any anesthetic. Um, so once they've reversed the procedure, Mr. Burns accidentally gets crushed under the robot. And I like that he's, ha- I like that he's number one, still alive. Because... From the way his neck is, like, going under the robot, he is flat as a pancake under Oh, there. yeah. Um, so I like that he's still alive, and he's obviously telling Smithers to go and get all of these things for him. And I like he's, like, listing his symptoms, and one of them is mild headache. <laughs> it's like, dude, your entire body's been crushed. <laughs> Just pop a paracetamol and you'll be sorted, <laughs> Take 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 two aspirin and phone me in the morning, you know? Um, and then Homer wakes up the next morning and goes to the at the bathroom he goes to and then finds that Mr. Burns's head is attached to his neck and yeah that would be pretty terrifying to wake up to. Absolutely. Lindsay could, could you imagine waking up and just having like my head attached to your neck? Oh my god absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so annoying already and having you that close to me at all times like I'm sorry who, who we're taking me Ian or if you had to be attached to someone which one of us? Yeah, because you're quieter. <laughs> At least I'll make you laugh. True. I can only handle I... you in small doses, though. We're too similar. That's why we annoy each other so much. I annoy you? <laughs> what? No. No. Oh, I'm, I'm devastated. <laughs> We get this like weird post credit scene as well, where like, I can't even remember what's happening. I forgot to write it down in my notes, but like, doesn't Homer want to go to the bar or something? And Mr. Burns is just like, oh no, we've got to go such and such. And Oh yeah, they've got to meet like the Queen of Denmark or something. <laughs> yeah, and that's how the, the episode ends. Um, the, I think this, I'll go first, I haven't gone first. So I think this is my, my one of my problems with these. The end so abruptly. Um, I, and it goes back to what I was saying about the last segment is that sometimes they end so abruptly that it just feels incomplete at least in this one other than the one before it we got a beginning part of the story we got the beginning we got the middle and we got a brief glimpse at the end but I feel like there's something missing and I don't know if it's because it's eight minute segments obviously you can't put too much more in but I think that's something that they got better at as the seasons went on um, is having a bit more of a complete story yeah. Lindsay, what do you think of this final segment? Pros, cons, pluses, minuses? What are you going for? Yeah, I really like this one. I think this is my favourite of the episode, if I'm honest. Um, I kind of like how, I don't know, it has this like little lesson for Mr Burns in it. Like He thinks he can 
like the mind is willing and the flesh is not so it takes the brain out of the worst employee he has to try and make this better employee and it's just like obviously it wasn't going to work out like that and um, I kind of I kind of love the kind of how they just wake up and Mr Burns is there like you're totally not expecting it like that's what's going to happen um so no I really like this one okay Lucy pros cons I do like this one because like you were saying earlier it feels like the only one that has like a proper reference mm. to horror you know that Frank that Fra- that Frankenstein reference it's alive like we were saying on that episode everybody knows that even if you're not a horror fan and you know with the first well season two um the one that we were just looking at it had so many references to horror whereas this one felt quite lackluster in references um so this is probably on the same I I said I pref- like Monkey Paw was my favorite, but I think it's actually probably the same. I like this one and that one, um, probably a similar amount. It is good, but again, it's just I feel like the season before just is a, a lot better in comparison. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the first I think the first tree as a horror nailed it so much better than this one did, just pretty much across the board. I know we've rated one of the episodes slightly higher than the bottom episode but for me this I, I didn't like this one at all and I know I get what you guys are saying like and obviously I've brought up as well about you know this is the one that has the, the real sort of obvious horror references in it um but I just I just didn't like this one I didn't think the jokes landed as much for me um so I'm going to give this one a four Ooh. Lindsay. Um, like I said, I really like this one. It's my favourite of the episode. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Oh, big difference. Uh, Lucy? I'm going to give it the same rating as I did the first segment, which is a six. Okay, that's fair enough. So that gives, uh, if I only had a brain, 17 out of 30, an average of 5.7 out of 10. So just to rank those six, uh, in sixth place is Hungry Are the Damned with a a 4.7 out of 10. The Bart Zone is in fifth with a 5.3. If I Only Had a Brain coming in in fourth with a 5.7. The Monkey's Paw in third with a 6 out of 10. Bad Dreamhouse in second with a 6.8. And then top spot by quite some distance is The Raven with an 8.2. So I think that's that's fair. I think it's very very clear that The Raven, for me anyway, is, is the best out of these two these two episodes and obviously like i said i know we i think we all said that there are other segments that we probably would prefer moving forwards but i think from these two definitely the best uh, the prestigious princesses the endings get better as the seasons progress um which i agree with i think and not just yeah. the endings i think they all i think just overall they just sort of tend to get that a little bit better because like we said earlier as well let's not forget the simpsons is still kind of finding its feet as a series they were still establishing and introducing a lot of characters you know in five seasons time kang and kodos have been around for five seasons here this is the first time we'd ever seen those characters. You know, you're talking about as well, Lindsay, like this is the first time we see Mr. Burns in a in a Treehouse of Horror episode. And so they're still playing around, I think, with a lot of characters and figuring out what does and doesn't work for them. And I think that, I think they, I don't want to say they got lucky because I don't think they got lucky. I think they did really, really well with the first one. And I just think they maybe tried some other stuff with the characters and it didn't quite work as well in season two. And they learned from it. Um, overall, then for the second episode, guys, what do you 
like obviously i think we're all in agreement that we prefer the first one but what's your overall thoughts about uh trials of horror 2 it's just middle of the road for me in all honesty i think there's ones where it might be a bit worse but it's just it's just average for me i guess yeah Lindsay. I mean, when you compare it to the others, like, yeah, it's, like, a bit middle of the road, but I think in terms of, like, starting something out, like, I think they take a lot of chances with what they reference, like, The Monkey's Paw being this um, short story that came out in 1902. Like, it's kind of risky to do something on that, and um, I kind of appreciate it from that perspective. Yeah, I, I listen, I think what this, this episode did show is just how creative and how imaginative that the writers and the directors and things can are. You know, it was very kind of out there. It was nothing that, like, again, nothing that they had uh, done before. So kudos and hats off to them for that as well. But listen, you know, we, we, sometimes you take risks with things and sometimes they just they just don't land quite as hard as... as uh, and that's just life, isn't it? We've all done things where you think, oh, well, that didn't go quite as well as I planned. And I think that's just one of those episodes. It's not bad by any stretch. It's just in comparison to what came later. Um, because I think the, the, I think the highest highs of The Simpsons is the highest highs of potentially any TV show of all time. Mm. You know, so... And that's, that's difficult to go up against. So, uh, A couple of pieces of trivia are surrounding this episode. Um, again, I'm not quite sure just how in-date this is, uh, comparing it to maybe the last couple of seasons, depending on what they've done. But uh, the only Treehouse of Horror that's got no deaths. Oh. No deaths. Uh, you, some people are, are disputing this and saying Mr. Burns technically dies because he's on uh, Homer's neck but mr burns is still very much alive as a character so i'm not counting yeah. that uh, so yeah no deaths um we talked about that prank call earlier that uh bart makes to mo uh and apparently that is hank azaria who's one of the many voice actors and he does many many of the characters he also does mo he said that's his least favorite he despises that prank call um uh, beyond them all and i think it's the funniest oh really it's great i think it's so so funny he despises it apparently so i think that's a little sad i always i always think it's a little sad when you know something is so loved and you find out that the voice actor or the actor or director actually really really hated it um just uh going back on the like the slightly problematic nature of the monkey's paw when they're in Marrakesh. Uh, Hank Azaria was making up fake Arabic. Um, oh. So, yeah, that that just sort of adds to that. Um, I think just something else that's being a product of its time again. Um, but, yeah, that one's a little, a little problematic. It's a little problematic, but... <laughs> um, that's kind of it. There's not like a huge amount of really interesting trivia. There's a few pieces of trivia, but not like a huge amount of super exciting trivia. Anything for either of you guys? No, not for me. No. Okay. Uh, well, that is going to do it for this week's show because we have no other ratings to give. Um like I say, a slightly different format of an episode. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. I know we were sort of flying through some of the segments there. 
Um, but you know, we had six we have six segments to get through, so we couldn't really spend an hour talking about each one. Um, and a couple of them were very, very short. You know, we talked about that as well. But um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Uh, who's who's up next? You. Sure, it, it is my film next so we're going to be back next week it's back to being my choice uh we're going to be talking about get out um i know this is one that that we've all been looking forward to to talking about because exactly what the world needs is three more white people talking about get out um <laughs> uh but yeah i've been excited i've been looking forward to talk about this one i think you guys have as well yeah absolutely it's a really great film yeah, it's uh, and it's going to, I think there's going to be some really, really interesting discussions surrounding it. I'm very looking forward to seeing what the audience make of it. I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to score, because as we were saying about earlier, I think this is one that could, it could, I think this was very well received by the critics in general. Um, I don't pick, I don't pick bad movies, Wolfie. Wolfie's saying <laughs> that I, I thought I'd pick a bad movie. I don't pick bad movies. You picked some stinkers. You do. Oh, Lucy, don't you start picking stinkers. <laughs> you do. You still have the lowest rated episode of all time. I take that with pride. Thank you very much. What do you mean, Candyman, Wolfie? Can we, what? Oh, controversial. Of all the bad movies I actually have picked, Candyman... Know, you've got quite a Rolodex to choose from. Candyman is not one of them. No, I wouldn't agree with that. No, Candyman's... Candyman's good. Oh, she's been sassy tonight. <laughs> Honestly, that's 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 a bit that's an ab- that's a abysmal take right there, Wolfie. That's that's shocking. And Ian's bad books now. You, you go you go take a look at yourself. Honestly, leave <laughs> leave the leave this chat and go take a look at yourself. <laughs> oh. You've never seen it. <laughs> I love it. Um. So yeah, it's get out up next, but we'll do the the. If you're uh, here in the live chat, stick around because we've obviously got the post show coming where we're going to announce the winner of the giveaway. Um, but we'll do the socials again before we go out there. Uh, Lucy, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch and TikTok. All the T's at Lulu underscore Pew. Uh, Lindsay? I am at Hi, it's Lindsay underscore on all social media. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at Ian Forrest 12 with two hours. I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash forest underscore 9191. As for the podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Screams Behind, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok is at Behind the Screams Podcast. Thank you very, very much for those of you listening here live, live in the chat room. Thank you to those of you listening on the download. Uh, this will be uploaded to our podcast platforms and to our YouTube channel tomorrow. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Like we say, next week, we're going to be doing Get Out. Uh, and we have a whole host of really, really good episodes coming up over the course of the next few months as well. But stick around if you're in the chat, because obviously we will have the post show to go. But once again, thanks to Lindsay and Lucy for joining me. And thank you to everyone who has listened. And we hope you will join us next time on Behind the Screens.